the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Prayers Heard in Heaven. God wants to raise up an army of believers whose prayer shakes the nation and the nations of the world. God wants you to shake the evil out of its dwelling place in your family, in your workplace, in the nation. Prayers Heard in Heaven is a teaching ministry teaching God's people to pass blessings with prayer. In the fifth chapter of James, the Bible tells us to pray for one another that we may be healed and that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. The following program, Prayers Heard in Heaven, with speaker and teacher Valerie Sneed, will help you learn to pray fervently and effectively and truly see results in prayer. Valerie Sneed, with Prayers Heard in Heaven, starts now. The title of today's message is A Movement of Power. God wants his children to experience his power and his glory. He doesn't want your prayer life to be dormant. He doesn't want you to not believe that he answers prayer because he does. He answers prayer and he listens to the cry of his children. Let's take a look at an amazing scene when this actually takes place. It's an awesome moment in Second Chronicles 7. The richest and the wisest king of Israel is about to have an experience that will be recorded in history. It will captivate you. And by understanding this experience, what caused it to happen, oh my goodness, it'll take our prayer life to a new level. The temple had taken years to build. So Solomon has built the temple. And remember, his father David wanted to build the temple, but God didn't allow him to build it. So Solomon is the son of King David. Well, he has now taken the throne. Let's visit King Solomon. He has just completed building the temple for God. It is a glorious day for Israel. The priests were dressed in fine linen robes. They're standing at the east side of the altar. They had made themselves pure. The trumpets were blown. The cymbals and the harps were played. The band and the choir all played and they praised and they thanked God. As this was taking place, the glory of the Lord filled the temple. It was as a bright cloud and it filled the temple so the priests couldn't even do their work. Let's please watch the power of God and how it moves. After the people were praising God, King Solomon steps forth. It's an awesome moment. He steps forth to pray a prayer for the people. Second Chronicles 6. And this is what he says. The Lord has said that he would live in the thick darkness. But I have made a temple for you, O Lord. It is a place for you to live in for all of time. Can you imagine the glory of the Lord? It's filled the temple. The atmosphere is absolutely charged with supernatural power. And the glory of God. The people must have been in awe. As Solomon stands before them to bless them, 
This is a glorious moment. The Lord has shown his glory as an outward sign in front of all of Israel. Second Chronicles 6. Then the king turned around to the people and they stood up to be blessed by him. It must have been utter silence, not a word spoken with respect and reverence for God. And now the great king that God has given Israel. As Solomon spoke, he was standing in front of the people. He stood on the platform right in the center of the outer court. Now he kneeled down on his knees before the entire congregation of Israel. He lifted his hands towards heaven and he began to pray. What an awesome scene. The richest and the wisest man in the world. Please watch what happens next. He worships God in the beginning of his prayer and he praises God for his faithfulness and that he's full of mercy. He calls to God's memory, his promise to David, his father, that if his children will walk obediently before God's throne, that the kingdom would be established forever. Solomon then requested God's eyes be forever on the temple and that he would hear the prayers that were prayed in this place and that he would forgive the people when they prayed. Solomon ends his prayer. The atmosphere is ignited with power. Everyone within the temple had to feel and acknowledge the presence of God. Suddenly, fire flashes down from heaven and the sacrifice on the altar is set afire. It's burned up and the glory of the Lord fills the temple. The priest couldn't even go in. All the people have been watching and now they fell flat on the ground and they fall to their faces. They worship and thank the Lord. How good he is. They said he is always so loving and kind. The celebration went on for seven days. It continued. Can you imagine? This is absolutely amazing. The event took place. That the glory of God had filled the temple. And then he sends fire from heaven upon the sacrifice on the altar. The people experienced God's power and his glory. But why? Why did this happen? Why did God show up? Solomon had an amazing relationship with God. He had watched David, his father, worship God. David was the greatest king that Israel had ever known. He was a man after God's own heart. Solomon saw this as he grew up under his father in the kingdom. Solomon had learned how to worship God. Solomon begins his reign as a great king. But this night after fire is ignited in the temple. Remember, Solomon has a dream that night and he makes a request as God comes to him and is asleep. God asked Solomon, what was his desire? What would he have him do? Solomon asked God for wisdom that he could judge his people well. God was so impressed with Solomon's desire. And he said, not only will I give you wisdom, I will give you riches. Oh, my goodness. Solomon gets the desires of his heart. And even more than that, because he's a God that does exceedingly and abundantly above what we're hoping or asking for. Solomon was obedient to God at this point in his life. He communed with God in prayer. The words that he prayed were wonderful, but the words did not cause God's power and his glory to appear. Solomon had a relationship with God, and there is only one way for us to experience God's glory and his power, and that is through 
relationship. Solomon was walking in obedience to God. God's calling the church in the last days that we live in to a place of power. To walk in our authority, we must be dedicated and consecrated. Then we can walk in the authority, the anointing that God has so freely given us when we walk with a humble heart. Our spirit is humble before God. And we're walking according to God's word. When we fear him and we refuse to be disobedient, turning from our own ways, and then God hears from heaven. He forgives sin and he heals us. When we yield to the Holy Spirit, when we walk in the fear of the Lord, then our words are kind words. They're not bitter that we speak to one another. When we refuse to speak evil of another, when we turn away from sin, we must meditate on the word of God and not let it depart from our mouth. Remember what God said to Joshua. He said, Joshua, meditate on the word day and night and do not let it depart from your mouth. And then remember the promise that he told Joshua if he would do that. He said, then Joshua, you will succeed in all that you do. Oh, that is so awesome. He's saying meditate on what's positive, Joshua. Don't think on the negative things. Meditate on the word of God. Keep my word in your mouth. Let it never depart from your mouth. And then you will succeed in all that you do. That's powerful. That's a message for all of God's children today. How do we succeed in all that we do by not letting the word of God depart from our mouth? Solomon understood obedience. He understood giving and he understood sacrifice. Now that equals power. Solomon had a relationship with God. We can memorize many long and beautiful prayers. I love formal prayers. I pray formal prayers. I have prayed powerful formal prayers and seen the mighty move of God's hand. But the prayers were not answered because of the words that I was praying. The prayers were answered because of relationship. Chronicles seven fourteen says this, if my people called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Oh, I know you're with me today. We all believe that our land is in need of healing. And this is what the word of God is instructing us to do. If we humble ourselves and turn ourselves completely and totally over to God, we will experience the power of God through prayer and the glory of God when we pray and when we worship. All of us are supposed to have ex- astounding, amazing things happen when we pray. The power of God is experienced by communion, by relationships. That's how we get attention. The power of God flows through relationship, not words. It flows through relationship. God is looking for you to pour out a special anointing upon you in the last days. He wants to show you his power. Solomon had a relationship with God and God wanted to give Solomon the desires of his heart. Solomon wasn't holding anything back from God, not his life, not his money, not his kingdom. When we decide that our life will be used for the Lord, he will endure us with power from on high. He will heal us. He will deliver us in our time of need and he will fight our enemies for us. 
Nothing that the enemy throws at you will defeat you. Second Chronicles 1. And Solomon, the son of David, was strengthened in his kingdom. And the Lord his God was with him and magnified him exceedingly. Oh, my goodness. That is so powerful. When we submit to God and we determine the life that I live is not my own, but my life is for the Lord. He will endure you with power. When we have that regular time that we have that relationship with God, meeting him at an appointed place at an appointed time. Solomon built a temple for the Lord. He had an appointed place to go and to seek God. I want to ask you today, do you have an appointed place where you seek God? An appointed place and a time where you commune with God? Because if you do, you are going to see a mighty, powerful move of God's hand, oftentimes in that very place where you pray. Oh, if we live in obedient to the word of God, and our tithes and our offering and our attitude towards God, obedience and following his word and humbling ourselves before him, God will magnify us exceedingly. Remember when I told you about a time when the doctor gave me what I call some awful news. He had run a blood test because I was losing muscle tone and my whole body just from head to toe was losing great muscle tone. And I went to the doctor to find out, like, what is going on? I'm exhausted. My body's losing muscle tone. And I was young. I was a young mother. I was a young, successful businesswoman, had small little children in the house. And I'm telling you, I was getting sicker by the day. I went to the doctor and he ran a blood test. And I'm sure you heard me tell this story before and he said you have multiple sclerosis cancer or muscular dystrophy I said why are you saying that why are you saying that to me I'll never forget that day in my life he said because it's in your blood test he said I cannot tell you which one it is but it's one of the three that I can tell you you'll have to go to a specialist and they will narrow it down and tell you which one it is I mean, this doctor had tears in his eyes. He was so hurt by the results of this test. I left his office that day even more hurt than he was. I had little boys at home to raise. I was a a young mother. My husband and I, we were successful in business and just blessed in, in every way you could think of. Where did this come from? Just up out of nowhere. I remember calling the missionary who was mentoring me. And I remember telling her what the doctor had said, and she prayed for me over the phone. And not many days after that, I flew to where she was, and she laid hands on me, and she prayed again. But nothing happened. I wasn't healed. The bishop laid hands on me, and he prayed. But nothing happened. I was not healed. I came back home to Houston, and I continued to pray and seek God. And one day, I was so desperate as my health continued to fail. I was so desperate. I went to the Lord in prayer. I said, Lord, if you would heal me, if you would deliver me from the sickness, if you would heal me and allow me to finish raising my young children, to raise my boys, my husband could not do this alone. If you would heal me, Father, I will serve you all the days of my life. I didn't go back to a specialist. 
I didn't see another doctor. And I'm not telling you that that's what you need to do. I'm only telling you how things went for me. The Lord didn't tell me to go back to the doctor, even though my health was failing. I went to the Lord in prayer and I want you to know that he healed me. He healed me. He answered me and allowed me to raise my children. And all of them are grown now. Oh, my goodness. He will do exceedingly and abundantly above what we're hoping or asking for through Christ Jesus. When we submit our lives to God, he will do astounding things. Obedience exceeds sacrifice. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God wants to manifest his power to you. He wants to answer your prayers. He wants to give you the desires of your heart. I want to tell you about a season every year that I celebrate. It is a season of power. Every year, about this time of year before the Jewish New Year comes in, I go into a season of repentance and forgiveness. And at this time, when I go into the season, I fast and I pray and I seek God and I repent and I go in the deep prayer and in my mind, I wonder and I question, is there anyone who I have not forgiven? Is there any forgiveness that I'm harboring in my heart? Because the Bible tells us that we must forgive 70 times seven, whoever has offended us. It says, great peace have they that love thy law and nothing shall offend them. Well, a couple of years ago, about this time, I went into fasting and prayer and the Lord told me, he said, call everyone who you may have offended and ask them, have you offended them? Find out, is there anything between you and me? Ask them that question. And if there is something, apologize to them. And he said, I want you to start with your family. And I said, okay, Lord. He said, call your nieces and your nephews first. I said, okay. I picked up the phone and I called my niece, my oldest niece. And I said to her, I said, Loretta, you know, this is Aunt Valerie, and, and I won't take up much of your time today, but I need to ask you something. Have I done anything that has offended you? And right away she said, no, no, Aunt Valerie, you haven't. I said, are you sure? Because I've known you a long time. And she said, no, you've never done anything that's offended me. And I said, okay, if you're sure, because if I have, I want to apologize because I want to make sure that there's nothing between you and me. She said, absolutely not. You've never offended me. I said, okay. I said, I just wanted to make sure that I haven't. And then I called, we, you know, we hung up the phone and I called my nephew, my oldest nephew. And I said to him the same thing. Have I done anything that has offended you? He said, no, absolutely not. I said, are you sure? You know, because I'm getting the second one giving me the same response. I want to make sure they're not just being nice to me. He said, absolutely not. You've never offended me. I said, are you sure about that? He said, no, never. You haven't. He said, but you know what? He said, I did something wrong to you and I need to seek your forgiveness. I said, what was that? He said, one Christmas we were at grandmother's house. He said, and you gave me a box of chocolates and I wasn't happy about that. And he said, do you remember that? I said, no, I don't. He said, we were having a family auction and I thought that you were giving me the box of chocolates as a Christmas gift, but you actually, I had won them in the auction 
and you were giving them to me as a prize. I said, oh, okay. He said, and who am I, Aunt Valerie, that I am so wonderful that you couldn't give me a box of chocolates for Christmas? Who do I think I am? I owe you an apology. I am so sorry for my behavior. Who do I think I am? He said, you know what? I need to be doing exactly what you're doing today. You're showing me something. I need to be making the same calls that you're making. No, I'm Valerie. You have not ever offended me. But I thank you for calling me today. Do you know that every person that I called, nobody had anything, you know, that they wanted to share with me. But I still went to the Lord just in case they were being kind. And I continued to search my heart. When I came out of that season of repentance and forgiveness, I want to tell you that my prayer life soared. I want to tell you the power behind the prayer was absolutely incredible. It's so very, very important that we make sure that there's nothing that we have done to offend someone. You know, I was taught you don't have to be wrong to say you're sorry. The Bible says blessed is the peacemaker. So often we are only going to say we're sorry if we've done something wrong. But the Bible tells us that if we want to be blessed that we have to be the one that makes the peace. Praise God. It's important that we walk in an humble spirit. God is pouring out a new anointing over the church. He is releasing a prayer mantle over his people that is absolutely incredible. The Bible says, great peace have they that love thy law and nothing shall offend them. When we walk in forgiveness, we walk in obedience to God's word and it clears the path for our prayers to be heard and move things in the spirit realm. This is power. You then become spiritual dynamite to the enemy. If we want to know where our power has been, why we lack the dynamic power of God through prayer, I want to share something with you. The disciples made a commitment to live and great power when they said this, Acts 6, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. He's looking for someone today to show his power to. How do I know this? Second Chronicles 16, 9, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. Oh, my goodness. He said he wants to show himself strong to you. When we turn our hearts fully and completely towards him, we see a mighty move of the power of God. A momentum of power begins to move through our prayer life. The season of repentance and forgiveness. You know, sometimes people say, I don't need to do that, Valerie. Jesus atoned for our sins. He absolutely did. But at the same time, the Bible shows us that repentance and confession is important. It's important to get in a quiet place where you can whisper out loud and make any confession that you need to Almighty God. When we hear our confession out loud, it is so powerful. It helps us not to go back and do the same thing again because we heard ourselves speak those words. I am telling you that if we make a commitment that we will give ourselves continually to prayer 
and to the ministry of the word. The disciples set the world of their day on Holy Ghost fire. As they walked with Jesus, Jesus set the world on fire. And through the disciples, the word spread and it spread quickly in that day because they had given themselves continually to prayer. Oh, God's looking for someone today that will make that commitment. Will it be you that'll say today I will give myself continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word? Because when we do that. We walk in a relationship with God. We walk in communion with God and our prayers bring great and mighty results. Then miracles and signs and wonders follow those who believe. Will you give yourself continually to prayer today? Will you give yourself continually to the ministry of the word? It is a movement of power That will take place in your life. And every believer comes to the place where they have to make that important decision to commune with God. I'm Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven, teaching God's people to pray. You've been listening to Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven. If you missed any of the program, listen next Sunday evening at 530. For more information about their weekly live prayer call, visit their website at prayersheardinheaven.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.